Hi, I'm Reverend Carol Saunders, host of The Spiritual Forum. I'm here with a lot of interesting people who gather each week to be an inquiry and dialogue on living the spiritual life. We're all on the spiritual path, growing in our understanding of ourselves and others, and moving from being complainers to being empowered to simply being. We know that we can't change the world unless we change ourselves. Welcome to the forum. Welcome to the Spiritual Forum, everyone. I'm so glad you're here. I just want you to know that we are here to really raise the vibration of ourselves and the planet and and be a message of hope and uh, being centered on God, the source, and finding our own spiritual path and being a message of hope and love in the world as well. If you enjoy this podcast or YouTube video, would sure appreciate if you could rate and review it or tell your friends, just let them know. You can subscribe also on my website for the uh, newsletter, thespiritualform.org. Today, I am with a fascinating person, and let me tell you a little bit about her. At the age of three, Kashish Gambir began meditating, and at five, she began to question her existence in the world but she never got satisfactory answers. Always focused on her spiritual path, she embarked on her spiritual journey, which included a great deal of pain and enlightenment also about the truth of her existence. Today, Kashis is a spiritual guide who teaches karma, divine love, the path back to source, the inner journey of the soul, and the infinite peace of mind and bliss through her teachings. She's able to transfer divine energy to people through meditation sessions and consultations, awakening aspects of the soul that were always present but not realized. Cassius leads peace meditations in Delhi, India, where she lives, as well as online. She's an intuitive and a physical empath who deeply understands and feels the pain of animals and all living beings. Welcome, Cassius, to the spiritual form. So glad you're here. Thank you, Carol. Thank you for such a wonderful introduction. It's so great to be here and, you know, talking to you. Thank you. Yeah, I love that we're on opposite sides of the world. And for me, it's nine in the morning. And for you, it's like seven o'clock at night, something like that. And uh, But we can join our hearts and minds and souls through technology and also through the the ethers of, you know, of our energy. So, um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god I really like your vibes <laughs> oh good I like yours too I could tell you know when you approach me I get approached by people to be on the podcast and sometimes I just get a really instant yes there's a yes here yes I, I really exactly. want to talk to this person and I'm really much more about having interesting conversations than I am about finding the person who's going to get me the most views or likes or anything like that <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like there's such um there's such a beauty in the uh, just the conversation. And so yes. I know we're going to have a fabulous one today. Um, yes. So um, I thought maybe I did, I did introduce you with some um, information about your, your background, your journey, but I thought maybe you could fill that out for us and tell us about your spiritual journey and how you came to where you are today. Um, and, and maybe also, I, I definitely today, I do want to touch on you being a physical empath and what that's like to understand and feel the pain of animals and all living things and how that came together. So why don't I just let turn this over to you and let you talk about your path? Okay. Okay. Um, fine. So when I was young, when I was, you know, five-year-old kid, so at that time, 
I was very inquisitive kind of a child and I always had questions in my mind. And I was born in a Hindu Punjabi family in India, as you've already um, told about it. But my parents sent me to a Christian school. So my, you know, we were living in a joint family at home. My grandparents were living along and they were praying to Sri Ram and Sri Krishna. But when I used to go back to school, then, <clears throat> sorry, when I used to go back to school, then I used to pray to Jesus Christ. And uh, in, in our school, you know, when we were there in the assembly and I was standing with all of my friends, I observed that all of my friends were coming from very different backgrounds. You know, that is how it is in India. So some of my friends were Sikhs, uh, some were Christians, some were Hindus. So I started thinking that if we are praying to God, all of us are praying to God, where are these prayers really going? I mean, okay, fine, we are talking about Jesus Christ here, we are talking about the Bible here, but then ask my friend, okay, whom are you praying to? And she says, I'm praying to Hanumanji. And then ask my another friend, and she says, I'm praying to Guru Nanak Ji. And I got even more confused. <laughs> I, was, I was like, okay, so maybe all of these, you know, people, they are sitting up there in the sky somewhere and they're listening to our respective prayers. And these prayers go respectively to whomever we believe in. But then one thing that did confuse me that every time we prayed at school or at home, everybody used to say this thing, there is one God. Mm. So my question was, okay, if there is one God, it can't be one God of Hindus, one God of Christians, one God of Muslims. One God means one. It has to be one God of everybody, right? So, so I started asking questions about God and, you know, about all of these things to my teachers and started putting questions to my parents. And absolutely nobody could give me any satisfactory answers. So uh, then I was like, okay, fine. You know what? Uh, if there is God up there, then he's probably listening to me. He already knows what is it there in my heart. If there is a creator, if there is God, right? So let me do one thing. Let me just pray to that God, wherever he is. Let me just put up this question to him that if you exist, you come and reveal yourself to me. So I just did that. And after that, I absolutely forgot that, you know, all of this thing, but the questions kept on there in my mind and it became so much um, important to me that I was not really concentrating on my school studies, but for many years, I was just looking after all, you know, going behind all of these questions and finding their answers. Then I started uh, also visiting um, different uh, spiritual teachers. I started exploring different paths. And um, my parents were very supportive in the sense, you know, my father used to take me to different spiritual teachers because he was also exploring a lot of spiritual teachers all of his life. So I'm very grateful for that. Uh, one thing was there and I used to see him as much confused that like he's also exploring so many paths. So I was like, I'm not going to get answer for this anyway. So um, uh, this so happened that when I was... Um, a teenager, you know, um, it was around, I guess, 29th of December, something. 
and I was in 10th grade and we were coming back from school and we were like celebrating Christmas and um, we had these winter holidays ahead. So our bus, it uh, dropped me off around nine something, 9 p.m. or something. And, uh, um, you know, we came a bit uh, earlier um, according to the time that was informed to my parents and we didn't have mobiles at that time. So um, I got off the bus and um, I, in fact, requested the bus driver to drop me off around my home and where he dropped me off, that was a bit far off from my home. So when I uh, got off, I realized there was nobody on around there. And it, it's a, you know, it's, a, it's the main road. It's a huge road, which is connecting to a bridge where I was dropped off. And uh, I just anyway started walking towards my home and I realized that there were many dogs there. They were all fighting with each other just on the entrance of our lane. So I was a kid. I didn't, I didn't know that, you know, there are all kinds of people in this world. I used to think that everybody is so good and everybody is so positive. So I thought that, okay, fine, let me do something. Let me get back to the road. I can't go like this from in between the dogs. Let me get back to the road and let me ask for a lift. Uh, you know, I'll wait for a car and ask for a lift. So I, I went back there. And I thought that, okay, fine. Uh, I was waiting for a car to come there. And while I was waiting for the car, what happened was that I looked to the right in the first second, you know, just how you cross the road and you look to the right and the left. That's how I looked to the right and there was nobody. And the second second, I looked to the left and there was nobody. And then in the third second, I again looked to the right and there was a rickshaw there. You know, we have rickshaws here in India. And there was a rickshaw there and uh, the that rickshaw puller, he was sleeping over that rickshaw. Uh, and this was just impossible to me. It was, it was illogical. It was impossible to me. And I'm somebody who, who does not believe in things unless they have some logic to them. And mm. I would also not believe in something if I want to experience something myself. So um, I would just, I just went there anyway. I had to go home. I tried to wake him up and he's in such a deep sleep. And this is furthermore shocking for me because nobody can come in two seconds at a place and then go into a deep sleep and lay over that rickshaw. So anyway, I woke him up. I told him to drop me off. And then he um, uh, took me to my home. And uh, there I just called my mother from inside. I told her to give me the money and I um, gave him the money. But while he was while I was on the rickshaw and he was taking me to home all that time, I was thinking one thing. I was thinking that if it's God that sent me help, you know, mm -hmm. and or if it's God who appeared in the form of a man, then uh, maybe there's a way to find out. Maybe there's a way to confirm this thing. So I devised something in those few seconds. I was like, oh, I should think quickly. I should think quickly. And I was like, I thought that, you know what, if this rickshaw puller, he appeared in two seconds and if it disappears in the same way then it is definitely God who helped me out. So what I did was when I handed him over the coins, I turned, uh, and this was way back many years ago when I was in 10th class, uh, I was 14 years old. And, and I turned and I counted till five because I knew that nobody would just disappear in five seconds. It was impossible. I counted him till five and I turned and there was really nobody. And, and I was still confused, you know, I was still like, no, this is not happening. This is not happening. And 
I was still not finding any logic in it. I, I was, I was happy. Okay, fine. Maybe this is a miracle. You know, for the first time, I'm experiencing something because I have been searching for God for so long, for His existence. But still, my mind could not be like you know. I wanted to be satisfied with the whole thing that actually happened. Okay, this happened with me. So next day. i went to that lane where all the rickshaw pullers are lined up and you know what how it is that they all know each other so what i did was i asked him i asked those rickshaw pullers there in the line i gave his appearance that this kind of person and they say that they don't know anybody like that so interesting yeah, yeah. <laughs> this this was this was mind blowing for me and this was not just one thing that happened they were following many things many divine experiences that happen after it and over my life um at some point you know initially although i was um meditating when i was very young but at that time i did not know the term meditation i was doing it it could be it could be the past life thing it could be you know carry yeah, forward yeah came in knowing already about it and yeah. yeah yeah but i was still i was still searching for my answers i was still searching for god and i i i became i was just a believer you know believer i was only because people told me that there was god so you believe in something because people are telling you that you know there's something called god but that faith cannot come unless and until we ourselves experience something unless yeah. until we have our own divine experience right so for a short period of time i also turned into an atheist when i was getting nothing out of my questions and anything and then once these divine experiences started happening my questions kept on increasing actually i'm like okay and and then i also got more um more curious i i wanted more <laughs> <laughs> i wanted more experience then so i started asking for more and um slowly all of these covers that were there on my soul they started removing themselves up okay yeah and i also kind of would like to pause and reflect on some of the things you said because you said a lot and it it sounds to me like you you came into this planet as a, a little being who wanted to know wanted to experience god um uh, you came in with an understanding of how to meditate even though no one taught you and it sounds like you actually put this request out like if, after seeing all of your friends praying praying to different different <laughs> gods or whatever different names of god i should say um yeah. that you 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 declared you know, if if god is there i i ask you to show yourself and through this rickshaw driver that was your evidence that was your miracle that was your you know i'm showing myself is is that correct is that a correct interpretation that that was like an answer to that prayer you know what carol um our mind is such that um we are always in doubt it was not yeah. that this one incident turned yeah. me into somebody who had faith no it did not in fact yeah, okay. as the years passed by you know that thing that incident has gone by for a few years then you tend to lose it again you tend to right, right. not have that faith right yeah so, i i think what our minds it's i mean especially if something really kind of miraculous happens you you share this it's like did that just happen did that happen to me like did everybody else see that and yeah. and it's 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 so easy for the mind or the psyche to just kind of like put it away because i i haven't had a, a experience like that but i have had some experiences where they were like wow that is crazy 
And then it was so amazing at first, but then years go by and it's like, oh yeah, <laughs> I, I had put that somewhere because it was so outside of the ordinary. I didn't know where to put it. Yeah. Please share it. I want to hear that. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it, was actually, it was actually a shamanic journeying uh, experience right. I had. I went to a, a workshop where, um, where we were learning how to do shamanic journeying. And I don't know if you know what that is, but what mm -hmm. that is, is um, there's a drum that beats at a certain frequency that activates, I think, your beta waves or something. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't remember the brain chemistry. But okay. you do this, this uh, you go into another reality, the right. lower world and the upper world. And they're, they're different realities. In the lower world, it's where all the, the, uh, the spirit animals are, this, the, the animal um, guides are. And the upper world is where the spirit guides are. Mm -hmm. And um, it was so interesting. There was this time where we were doing a shamanic journey to, it was called, it was called a retrieval, to, to retrieve our power animal. Um, this may sound so foreign to you, but um, it's a Native American practice. And it is the idea that there is an animal in the animal guide world who is our a, a guide of ours. And yeah, but the, but yeah. the idea was that we've kind of left this this guide behind as we grew up. And so there was this process that you go through to uh, to retrieve that animal guide and bring back into your soul. And we did this for each other. And I had a partner who knew not nothing about me, absolutely nothing about me. So we were strangers. And she did the shamanic journeying. And then the and then what when she found my power animal in that alternate reality, this is going to sound crazy, but you you then you you sit up straight and you the other person blows the energy of that that power animal into your your skull and what i felt uh -huh. i felt heat going all the way down through my body and i was not one of these that went into this as a believer i kind of was I, you know i have an engineering background pretty was pretty left brain at the time and i felt my whole body heat up when she she uh, uh, infused me with the essence of this power animal Okay, and then later, then after all that, I told her, "Wow, I felt this heat. It was so, it was crazy." And she told me that what the animal was because I didn't know. Well, it turns out that the animal that she retrieved as my lost power animal was actually an animal that I used to have with me in my imagination as a child all the time. <laughs> wow. And I I would go to bed, you know, soothed by, you know, the image of this animal and I felt the spirit of it and I was I, you know, he and I were one. It, it it was it was like something definitely from my childhood that wow. really was yeah, so I, it was a really divine experience. Which animal Another was thing, that? I'm sorry? Which animal was that? Oh, it was a, it was it was a black stallion. It was um and I used to I used to just love the that black horse when I was a child. Yeah. And yeah. I think the 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 stallion represented freedom. It represented kind of a wildness and just um I just really I, I don't know that I, I don't think I was a wild child, but I really identified with the freedom of the spirit. And I used to soothe myself going to sleep at night and just uh, imagine the horse running freely and through meadows and uphills and rearing and just being completely free. And wow. I know, and it was like my, 
you know, people, other people have dolls. I, I had my, I had my power animal, I guess. But as I grew up, I, I lost track of him. I, I, you know, left it behind like a childish thing. And, and so anyway, in this whole weekend, uh, this is all about kind of retrieving parts of your soul that you ejected as you grew. And so mm -hmm. to me, the, the miracle was, or the experience was the heat, which really showed me that this was something significant, filling my body, and then finding out, indeed, this person who knew nothing about me found this, That's really uh, you know, interesting. this animal for me. Isn't that cool? Yes, it's just really cool. <laughs> Very cool. And it's something like, you know, it's not quite the rickshaw driver, but it's so easy to just forget, you know, because <laughs> my, life is life. And yes. what was that? You know, what was that? You know, I, how do I even tell people about no, that? How I, do I, I, can, you know? I can tell you. No, it's it's very, um, see, I have not gone through the this shamanic process, but I can tell you one thing that this heat thing that you're talking about in your body, yeah. okay, it's very real. So, so I have not gone through the shamanic process, but the meditations, um, I guess that, you know, because I have been meditating for many years and uh, it happened last year that my body, it started exuding heat, so much heat, you know, my family tells me that your body's always, you know, it's always heat coming out of it. And then one of my uh, friends, um, I talked to one of my friends um, who had experienced something similar. And then we came to an understanding that uh, what happens is that whenever your consciousness is affected, it was then that the body was giving out heat. So it's very much real, Carol, you know, it, wow. it happens. So maybe our journeys were the, you know, the process was different, but it, it's very much real. Yeah, I, 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 I think uh, for sure, I think you're really right. And I also really identify with wh whatever number of years or time you were in the atheist journey. I, I was, a, I was uh, interested in uh, finding God as a child as well. And I, but I grew up in a family that there was God, it's not that God didn't exist, but we, it was not a religious family at all. And so we didn't talk about we didn't talk about God at all. So I was kind of on my own personal journey. Um, but so I was always a seeker. But there was also a time where I started just getting fed up with, uh, like a lot of people do, oh, the, the the violence of the church and the hypocrisy of the church and all that. Got got stuck in all of that. And so I yeah. I took I took an agnostic and atheist, mm. uh, you know, God is it real uh, detour for a while. And I think it's an important detour for some people because <laughs> mm -hmm. th then when you then when you choose God, you're really choosing God. You know, yes. it's like you've you've gone you've gone from turned away to turning completely towards, and it's it's different than being um, grown up and conditioned or indoctrinated or told about faith or whatever. It's it's a real it's a real step of faith, I think. Right, right. Th that's what that's what I said before. You know what? When we are told by the society or by you know, in our schools or anything, that there is God and that is only a belief. Unless yes. and until we personally have that divine experience, that belief can never turn into faith. It can't. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. So what what is what is the experience of God to you? You need to be more um, maybe deeper in your question what exactly is like that you want to know okay okay well when you say that we need to move from believing to experiencing yes. uh, what what is how does that happen for you is that happen for you like in meditation 
does that happen for you in in um, experiencing the beauty of nature? Does that happen when you're with a person, or probably all of it? All of it, really. Yeah. Um, you know, um, on the other day, you were um, telling me about how um, a few people who are into spiritual space. Um, they're still into meat eating, you know, and, yes. and then, and then something came to my mind. It was like, how is that even possible? You know, spirituality, if we see spirituality, if we dissect this term, spirituality is made from the word spirit. Right. Right. So, so, um, and if you, even if you translate spirituality in Hindi, it's called Adhyatma. And Adhyatma means the knowledge of the soul, the knowledge of the spirit. So uh, once a person has that divine experience, you know, um, that turns that belief into faith, or once you start um, on your spiritual awakening path, we all have to reach a certain point wherein we understand that spirituality is all about, the spiritual awakening path is all about, acknowledging is all about understanding that spirit is in all living beings. And yes. respecting that spirit in all living beings. And if somebody says that, you know, I, um, I'm, 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 you know, I have been into the spiritual awakening path, but still that person is meat eating. I guess that there's still more way to go. There's nothing to shame about that. There's nothing about it, but everybody has their own path and there's still a lot of way. There's still a lot of paths to cover in there. There's still a lot of work to be done on our own consciousness. Uh, the more we work on expanding our consciousness, the more we connect to the spirit, the more we'll not, uh, the more we'll know and experience that spirit in the animals, in the human beings, in the birds, in everything. And once that experience comes, when you respect and love that spirit in every living being, you know, with that experience, we can't hurt anyone, no one. Yes. So, so it's sort of contradictory therein where we say that we are spiritual and the other, on the other hand, we are, um, we are in that process, a part of that process that leads to hurting the animals. In fact, I would, I would share with you one um, experience of mine. Uh, I was five years old and my father was a hardcore non-vegetarian. He used to eat meat all day up. <laughs> and uh, at that time, later on, he turned into vegetarian. That's a different thing once he started exploring the spiritual path and all. But at that time, he was um, non-vegetarian. And he uh, took me out. He said that, you know, let's get the food. And he took me out to the market and we went to the butcher. And at that time, what happened was that once I was there, I saw that hen, that animal being cut in front of me, a five-year-old child. I saw that being cut in front of me. And 
uh, what I, I, I did not know at that time these words, empath and all of these things. I did not know these words, but what happened to me at that time was uh, when that animal was being cut, there was, you know, it, its child was alongside there. And I listened to the cry of that child. Mm. I could listen to its cry. I could feel its pain. And I started crying. And my father asked me, why are you crying? And I asked him, Papa, tell me something. If somebody cuts your children and eats us, you know, how would you feel about it? And my dad is like, why would you think such things, you know? And we moved on and, you know, we just went from there, went back home. But what happened was that that experience was so deeper. It went into my soul. It's still there alive in my soul because I could feel the pain of that animal. And from there, actually, I had realized that, you know, these living beings, they have feelings. How can we hurt them? We are talking about compassion because my father was otherwise a very compassionate being. He was very kind and forgiving when it came to human beings. But this, this sort of developed a contradiction in my mind. Okay, what is this? Why would he hurt animals if he's so kind to human beings? And uh, it, it actually turned things around for my father also, because once I asked him this question that, you know, if somebody would hurt his children, slowly over a few months, that question came to him again. And he started exploring the whole thing, the whole path from there. So, um, uh, so you awakened that in him, the, the child to the father, and that the the animal's child. Um, well, empathizing I, I, and feeling the cries. Go ahead. Well, I won't. I won't um, um, take any credits for me awakening that in him because if I okay. were not there, maybe somebody else would have awakened that in him. Yeah. If he was supposed to be awakened, you know. I think I think you say some really interesting things here. Um, one, one is this idea of a continuum that that the spiritual person or, or on the journey we w- we come to this realization that the spirit is in all beings, and I know you also know that the spirit is in the trees and 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 the plants and all as well, uh, and then knowing the spirit is there that we would logically or that our hearts would call us to say, we want to do the least harm possible and acknowledge I'm not there yet or I'm on this continuum because I think very few of us if, or any of us can walk through our lives without harming anything, but we can do our best. And right. some people are different places. And I was once a meat eater, then I was a vegetarian, now I'm vegan, now I'm moving into you know mostly or, or, or predominantly fruit. And you know, I, I see it as a continuum. I don't see it as, uh, oh, I'm morally superior to everybody else. Um, but I do think that many of us, are, are, <laughs> our souls are wanting to awaken to this. Like, this is our natural way of being. And somehow we've been conditioned along the way that, oh, animals, we draw a line between humans and animals or draw a line between uh, humans and animals and trees. And mm-hmm. we are here and we're separate, and we can love each other, but not them, or they're here for us. But I, I, I think the original um, 
uh, the original calling of our souls is different. I think it's more, no, we, we can live in peace with all beings. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if we're not there yet, we just acknowledge that. Um, my husband's a meat eater. He, he actually <laughs> completely supports my, my path, actually thinks it is the, the, the right path. And really he's not nice. there yet. And he's not there yet. So, you know, we we have a little, little um, uh, I don't know, clashes from time to time. You know what, Carol? You yeah. know what, Carol? I really respect that. I really respect him for that. Because if a person, although he's eating meat, but if he respects your path, you know, that is yeah. a very big thing. Because, you know, there are many fights between the couples in the families just because one is vegetarian and other is not but if we just respect each other's choices i mean that is a huge thing because at the end of the day when it comes to relationships all we want is love peace and compatibility right so even if after um educating or um bringing the awareness to our partners or our families about this whole thing about eating meat and vegetarian food and all, even if after that they're choosing to eat meat, then we should understand that at least this person is respecting my choices. He's not forcing me to eat non-veg, right? So he, he respects what I'm doing and I respect what he's eating. It's okay. The, 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 the final thing is respecting and having that peace at home. Uh, but of course, we are in this space, you know, we should just, what we can maximum do is just make the other person aware of it. And then yeah, it's all about I, yeah. the choice. <laughs> I think the awareness, the awareness is the tough part. I, I just had, I'm still kind of working through this. I just had a really difficult experience in a group I was in when my intention was just to bring awareness to the animals when they were sharing about uh, how to raise their iron and eating the hearts and livers of of animals and it was it was very difficult for me and so I kind of posed a question to the group and I ended up everyone felt like I was shaming them and I was being morally superior and I was being self-righteous and and it's like mm-hmm. I, I I obviously failed in my attempt to just see if there was an opportunity to bring some awareness to this um, but it was just so interesting how how there was so much resistance and um and, and this is a spiritual group. Uh, this is a spiritual group. And that, you know, mm-hmm. I was telling people what to eat and I was not telling people what to eat, but that's mm-hmm. how it was received. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's a difficult journey, this wanting, being gifted, not, not gifted, but I feel like I've been charged by the divine in, in some way to, to bring awareness to this issue, but not, not push it. Um, yes. So it's, it's a tough road. You know, coming to awareness, um, there is this one documentary on Netflix. It's called Cowspiracy. Uh, oh yes, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, produced by I guess Leonardo DiCaprio, and it's a wonderful documentary. And you know what? You don't speak anything to the group. You don't speak anything to your family or friends. You just show them this documentary. Just make them sit through it. That's it. Yeah, and yeah. 
after that if somebody wants to change it's absolutely their choice <laughs> yeah yeah that's right <laughs> let's let someone yeah. else do the talking <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> yeah yeah so um but yeah it's it's a huge missing i think in the west generally that um that our religions our spiritual traditions completely ignore the animals and it's it's a big blind spot you know you've mentioned something carol um few months ago you said about there are living beings animals and trees and all as well so um uh, it struck me that once somebody um put the same question to me and that person said okay fine how about i eat meat but you are eating plants okay so they are also living beings so you're also causing harm now we need to understand one thing here this is what many people are not aware of is that every living being you know um that living being is at a certain level of evolution mm-hmm. and how much harm we are causing to somebody um th- there's a difference in that see see uh, we human beings we are made of five elements okay we are made of earth fire water air and ether okay so we are made of five elements then if we come to the quadrupeds they are made of four elements in them the ether is missing and and if we come to the birds okay they are made of three elements uh, um, so similarly you know the uh, insects they are made of two elements and the plant the plants are made of only one element that is water so mm-hmm. when we talk about committing a sin you know when we talk about harming a life it's it's a difference of the degree like mm-hmm. even plants are living being but here's the difference is in that of the degree how much harm we are causing to that living being so suppose uh, when we talk about the elements this is what is connected to how much you know they are able to feel how much elements that we have in that is equal to how much they are able to feel so we human beings feel everything but the plants are not able to feel that much you know the the mind in the vegetables it is it is very in a it is in a very dull condition so uh, when we talk about how much harm we are causing or the sin that we are committing it is more about causing that pain to the hearts of a being or injuring the feelings of the others but if the mind in the vegetables is so dull it's in a dull condition and so uh, you know the feeling is it's it's neither intense nor it is well differentiated so um the the pain you know that we are inflicting on a hen or a goat it it is way more than the pain that we are causing to the plants so it's a difference of the degree there and just to give an example here say we are eating a plant based uh, whatever vegetable the sin of um you know uprooting that plant or eating it up let's consider it as one unit because the element is only one that is water but if uh we are killing a bird or killing an insect which has two elements so that would be 10 units similarly killing a bird which has three elements that would be 100 units now this is just to give an example but even if we look out there into the world okay if we kill a man if a person kills a man then he will be jailed he'll be put in the prison but mm-hmm. if he if he kills an insect he won't be put in a prison so that differentiation is also in the world because that differentiation is deep there in our conscience 
we know that. Right. We, we know how much harm we are causing. Right. So, so that conscience already knows it. And then now we can just educate, we can just make people aware of this, that, you know, it is the difference in the degree in which you are causing harm to a certain living being. And then it's on them. I, I just, like you said, I was talking to a spiritual group. I just explained this to my friends. <laughs> and then nice. I say, okay, fine. Okay, fine. Now, whatever you want to do, just do. <laughs> yeah. Well said. I, I think that's a really interesting way to distinguish it. It's, it's very clear. It's very yeah, clear. So actually, this whole thing uh, that I just talked about, it's it's not just made up by me. You know what? It, this is all mentioned in the uh, Holy Book of Sikhs, Adi Granth. So uh, oh, yes. like, like you have Holy... <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. like you have Holy Book of Christians, Bible, yeah. the Holy Book of Sikhs, Adi Granth, and they have this thing very clearly mentioned that uh, there's a difference in the degree in which you harm the living beings. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I, I, I really think that's great because I think people do conflate that. They'll say, well, plants scream, plants do this. It's like, uh, it, it, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, ultimately, we would love to be able to walk on this planet and not harm anything. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. just by the nature of being in this reality, it's it's um, very challenging. Uh, so, okay, well, thank you for all that. I, like I say, I find it very interesting that in the West, it's very split off. It's very much, um, I need my meat, um, and so many people just think they need it for their health. That they uh, they, there are people who I, I know. I have friends who have been vegan, and they say they had health problems, and then they went back to meat and. I don't understand that. I don't really get into that with them. But I do think that we, as a culture, are very addicted to meat. I have been, my, I, my family, in fact, the society that I live in, um, here 90% of the people are vegetarians. Uh, Now we are even turning into, you know, vegan. But uh, we have been vegetarians all throughout our lives. Yeah, those who were non, those who were eating meat, slowly they understood the whole relevance of it, the benefits for their body also, you know, with respect to the diseases that you get once you consume the animals. So uh, they also started turning into uh, vegetarian um, um, eaters. And then, um, so so I I never had any kind of, uh, you know, problems with my body. Of course, if somebody has a certain specific, problem to it I don't know about it it, it could be unique to that person right. but I, I never agree. had any kind of um or I have not seen anybody around me because they're consu- because they're vegetarians because they're on plant-based diet so having any problems with that because nowadays we have even supplements we have these uh you know multivitamins and um we have vegetarian multivitamins you know and um, uh, I guess that in India it's very easy to find out the vegetarian and non-vegetarian things because uh, we have the demarcation of uh, red and green you know there's a label of red and green over everything that that is there because uh, you you know you go to the market you don't have to read the ingredients there all the time you just have to see the red and the green label there and the green label yeah so the green label tells you that this thing is whole vegetarian it doesn't have any meat or any eggs even. So uh, this is really easy, which I didn't find uh, in US. Uh, they, they don't have this thing. Uh, it's right. a bit, bit difficult to find out it, the ingredients and reading over it. And even the names of the ingredient could be, you know, changed and used. Chemical names could be used. So 
those things can also happen. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, you're growing up a completely different culture where it's just accepted. So, you know, that's very interesting. Um, well, thank you for sharing all of that. I, I, um, I think it's an interesting conversation. And I, I really appreciate the distinction that we are, we are on this, this continuum, we're on this path, and none of us are perfect. Yeah. Uh, some of us are realizing the divine in different ways at different times. Some of us are, are highly evolved. Some of us are just on the path in the beginning, uh, or not on the, we don't know where they are, but I mean, just at different levels, we're all these different levels. And so I, um, for example, I'm, I'm, I'm planning this retreat and it's called the road to Eden. And it's going to be at Unity Village, which is uh, really by, where my church generally is in Missouri. But I called it the Road to Eden, and I'm calling I love it a whole planet. Isn't it great? It's, I, I call it a it. whole planet spirituality retreat. But it's yeah. about you know we we don't have to say oh it's awful that we're not in Eden or it's awful that you know some people are are trying to live that this is a this is a thing this calls to us all our spirits our souls are called to live in a place where there's peace and harmony. We're always striving for it. We want it. We don't want to live in conflict and war. I mean, if we keep manifesting that, but that's not what most of our hearts desire. Mm -hmm. So this is the path. We're on this road to Eden. We're not there yet. I, I, you know, in the Bible, it says we came from Eden. You know, people can say that's just a story or maybe it's real. But whether, no matter what you believe about that, we're, we can be on the path to Eden. We can be on the path to creating a world of harmony and love and connection with all beings and, and where we're more one with nature again. And so anyway, that's why I named the retreat that. I, I just love the name so much and I would love to know more about it actually. <clears throat> Maybe you can mail me something. <laughs> yes, I'll, I'll send you I'll send you uh, all sorts of information about it. Yeah. Um, I'd like to I know you're you're a spiritual guide and I'd like to, to talk to you about that. And I know that your your website is um, it is karmic buzz, K-A-R-M-I-C-Buzz.com, right? Buzz.com. And you have a foundation also called Karmic Buzz, and I will have all of that listed alongside the this podcast episode. Uh, but one of the things I know that you teach is um, karma. And I'd like to talk about karma a little bit. Can you just kind of share for that for our listeners? Sure, sure. So um, in fact, the karmic buzz name, it came from this whole understanding of karma. So uh, all my life, actually, while I was, you know, um, searching for spiritual teachers, at that time, I always used to um, listen, everybody's teaching about karma. I could not understand, okay, um, why everybody is teaching about karma? You know, is that, is that so important? Is that something so fundamental? So um, once I was on my journey and I reached a certain point in my consciousness, I was made aware of this thing that whatever in this life that we are, that we have, and that we will have the kind of life that we live, everything is our actions. Karma is action, right? Whatever mm -hmm. we do, like I'm talking to you, this is one karma. This is one action, right? So, so everything is karma. And in each and every point of our life, each and every moment, we are creating a new karma. So, um, although there are three kinds of karma, and I won't get into the detail of that because I guess the podcast is not about 
uh, that. But the three kinds of karma, I'll just tell that in brief. So, uh, <clears throat> so one is the Kriyaman karma. And the Kriyaman karma is the action that a man performs in his free will in the present mm-hmm. moment. Okay. So that is the action that is creating our fate in our future lives. Now, the, these three kinds of karma are also very clearly mentioned in the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, but again, as I told you before, I did not believe in all of that just because I read it in a book. I never believed in it. Uh, I came to this understanding only because um, I experienced something in my consciousness and I went into my past lives and I saw everything and I understood that how everything was connected that wherever I am and whatever I'm doing, it has all come with that connection. All the factors have come together and it has made me today what I am. And and whatever I'm doing right now is going to create. So the second kind of karma is the pralapt karma. And uh, the pralapt karma is, um, is something that is allotted to a man in this life as a uh, as an effect of his actions which is a cause of his previous life so so okay. when you know somebody um somebody say people question that why this certain person was born with a certain disability they question god is god biased is the father biased towards his children would he give disabilities to somebody and not to the others i mean uh, uh, that is something you know he has created this world same for everyone and now whatever we get in our life it's only as an effect of our actions some things come as an effect from our past lives and you know when we are born we have certain abilities certain talent or certain disabilities it's it's all coming from our actions the cause from our past life and it becomes an effect in this life but now what we have uh, we are again making the choices we are again doing that so this is again new karma being created so everything is coming together so so the third type of karma is the sanchit karma and i won't go much into uh, the detail of it because it this one usually confuses it can confuse anyone if somebody cannot experience it so i would just tell that this kind of karma is something that does not influence our present life but it is sort of kept in our account uh, and it is put into uh, more lives but let's not get into it so so the only thing that we need to understand is that our actions our choices are creating everything you know when we say that um God, please give me this, you know, please help me get a house or get me certain thing or certain person. Uh, Like I always say in my podcast, Karma is Supreme. Um, That's my podcast name. So I always say in Karma is Supreme that we are waiting for God to make things happen. But maybe God is waiting for us to perform our action, our karma. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, So once we have talked about this, that the spirit is in every being and that spirit is working through us now it comes to us what action we make using our wisdom the sense of discrimination that all of us have been blessed with Mm -hmm. 
All of us have that sense of discrimination to understand the right and the wrong. All of us have that conscience and we can make decisions for ourselves. And that is how we make a choice. And in that choice, we perform that action. And in that action, we are creating our destiny at every moment. So, so the whole game is only karma. It's only action, right? So uh, many uh, things in spirituality, in our lives are very much connected to the karmic concept, but um, it's still deeper. And again, I would just feel that, you know, um, anybody would understand it much deeper only when one experiences something inside of him could be in meditation or it could be a divine experience outside okay but that experience has the power to change us and we can lead ourselves to that experience by expanding our consciousness by working on that single thing that is from where it all starts and and yeah, I, I, I always ahead. say <laughs> you want to say something no yeah. you go ahead you always say so I always say something that when it comes to expanding our consciousness, everybody's asking, how do I expand my consciousness? How do I expand my consciousness? You know, everything requires focus. Everything requires effort. I mean, it took us how many years to um, get a formal education, right? It took <laughs> us 12 to 14 years. And then also we are not, uh, then even after the formal education, uh, you see in the developed countries, it's fine because nowadays they're all understanding about money. But if we come to the developing countries, uh, they're still figuring out, okay, I had so much of education, but still I'm not able to earn money. Yeah, because the education system is not teaching you anything, right? So anyway, that's a different <laughs> thing. I just make up to think. But, but the thing is that it took us so many years to have that formal education. And people are thinking, I will have my spiritual awakening journey in a day, in a week, in right. a month. <laughs> like no. it's not, I don't have to work at it at all. It's just going to come to me. Yeah. yeah, it's not a sprint, you know. All my life, I was thinking, I spent so much of my life, so many years doing meditation and doing seva. And all my life, I was thinking, now I'll have some divine experience. Now I'll have something. But all these years, now I've come to an understanding, no, spiritual awakening is not a sprint. It is a marathon. And, and the most important thing that you need in this journey is the right spiritual teacher, the spiritual teacher who has that really highly expanded consciousness. Because a teacher can only give you what he has, you know. If a teacher has, say, 10, he cannot give you 100. But right. if a teacher has 100, only then he's able to give you 100. So a person who has that certain level of consciousness, only then he'll be able to uh, teach you how to have that level of consciousness, right? So, so the most important task in the spiritual awakening journey is to find that right spiritual teacher. You know, Carol, how much time I spent finding a spiritual teacher? I'm interested in knowing. I read about it a little bit on your, your website. Go ahead and tell us. Okay. So I, I spent more than 10 years. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I visited so many spiritual teachers at that time. 
and uh, thanks to my father for taking me to different places and exp- helping me explore different faiths different religions different spiritual teachers and uh, i went to the gurudwara that is the holy place of sikhs i used to go to the church i used to go to the temple i talked to many pandits i went to many gurus and i was looking for the one spiritual teacher and it took me my life to find the right one but it was worth it one should not be in a hurry it was worth it you know the right yeah, i wonder i wonder about uh can do you feel like someone can <clears throat> excuse me can be with a spiritual teacher and like okay. if like you said if they're like a 10 that they can at least bring you up to 10 and then you might find another spiritual teacher and people i think people sometimes go from spiritual teacher to sp- spiritual teacher they kind of can sometimes outgrow their spiritual teacher I didn't get you. Need to come well, back. I was wondering, you know, you're on a quest for the, the right, perfect t- spiritual teacher. I mean, right. that's one way of approaching it. Is there another way where you find a spiritual teacher and go as far as you can with that teacher and then decide he, he or she can take me no further and then find another one who can take you a little further? Yes, um, is why that not? is that also an approach? Yes, why not? Yeah. Uh, but of course, whenever we uh, look for a spiritual teacher, then uh, whoever we are starting with, so we should at least um, ask a lot of questions. We should be very curious, like we are all our seekers, right? So we should seek a lot. And at a point where we feel that, no, I'm not getting satisfactory answers. My soul is not satisfied. Then we know we need to find somebody who can satisfy our souls with the right answers that you know goes in there. So uh we can definitely go with that approach also but i do consider one thing in here that uh in the olden times you know we did not have internet mm-hmm. but now we have access to internet so rather than uh you know just exploring every teacher one by one and maybe say later on you find out after 5 years oh my god this te- this teacher was not right for me or maybe somebody says that oh my god this person turned out to be an imposter you know so so you don't know right so we we don't have time to waste time now we have uh, we uh, are at a very advantageous position wherein we can explore a lot on the internet we can listen to a lot of spiritual teachers on the internet and we can seek our answers uh, and then maybe we can filter out say you filter out 10 people and then you go deeper into those 10 and then find out whom you want to say and begin your journey with uh, but it, uh, it's important to also um, learn how to find the right spiritual teacher uh, in in fact, one thing I would like to tell you, um, I, I, I've been getting a lot of requests about this, I guess, past two years now. It's, um, I should have done this before, but past two years, I've been getting a lot of requests where people have been asking me how to find the right spiritual teacher. And then I realized that, oh my God, I spent so much of my years, my life in finding the right spiritual teacher. And this is what I should give to the world. I should mm-hmm. help them find the right spiritual teachers so quickly, right? <laughs> I can Wonderful. save so much of their time. So uh, then I decided that I'm going to write a guide on this and I'm going to help people cut out on their time in finding the spiritual teacher and finding the person with that, you know, greatest consciousness and who could help them, uh, you know, reaching that highest state of consciousness. So I am on it and uh, possibly I'll put it up on my website uh, 
the near future. So, yeah. That's wonderful. I I think about the masters that we know about, you know, Buddha, Jesus, uh, many others, I'm sure. Um, but they were so uh, evolved that it was just attracting to so many people. And I think everybody would like to find that person. But what do you, how do you respond to the assertion that we don't need a spiritual teacher because we have all of the divine tools within us, we have God within us, so we don't need a teacher? Yes, even I had that question way back in my teenage years. I used to, uh, you know, debate exactly on the same thing. And I used to say, I don't need a teacher because, you know, these books, the holy books say that, you know, people say that God is within us. So fine, I'll find God by myself. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, there's, uh, you know, I would... Um, I would say that, you know what, say, let me, let me give you an example on this. So suppose you're traveling somewhere. Okay. And you switch on the Google map and to see the route there. And you find out that the route that you were taking, um, it's going to take three hours more. So, so the Google maps is suggesting you reroute. And then you find out the reason you expand and find the reason. The reason is that there's a lot of traffic there on the route that you are uh, wanting to go on. So uh, you, you then do the reroute. Okay. Now what happens is that a spiritual teacher who's, who is highly conscious. Okay. That teacher whose third eye is open and who is not an imposter for sure, <laughs> such a person is able, uh, is like that Google map. He's able to see beyond and he's able to help you save a lot of time and helps you reroute your journey and tell you that this is not the way, this is the way. Because see, in our outside world, in this physical world, even when we have the two eyes, Okay, even with these two eyes, we need the help of Google Map. Mm -hmm. That's great. Right? That's a great analogy. Yeah. Yeah. And what about the walls inside of us? There, we have not even seen that. Our, our two eyes, the outer eyes cannot see that. Right. We, we need a person who can access us from inside of us, who has that level of consciousness. Yeah, and it's what? not a, it's not a, it's also not an either or thing. I, I feel that what happens with that that saying, well, God is in me, I don't need a teacher, it doesn't mean that the teacher takes takes away that God is in you. <laughs> it's like they're complementary. It's like the teacher helps you access the God within you. Yes. And yeah. I, I will say one more thing that you know what? Um in everything in life that we do, you know, we have to set up a business, we have to uh you know, study or anything, we always had teachers, we always had mentors. And if somebody says that, no, I never had a mentor, I learned it from YouTube. No, dear. From on YouTube also, there was somebody teaching you behind that video. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So there's always a mentor. You always want to find the shortest way for yourself, right? And therefore, you have that mentor who can uh, help you from uh, all those obstacles, from all those mistakes that you could repeat and that he has already gone through, right? So, so you need to have that kind of spiritual teacher who has 
already been on that journey and who would save you from all the mistakes that you are going to do. Right? And, and this is, yeah, and this is something that you do for people. Let's talk about all the things you do for people. One of the things you do is you're helping people to find their teacher. And right. uh, I know you also lead meditation sessions and peace sessions. And I know you also have one-on-one client relationships. So what would a person come to you for? Would, would it be like a, a problem that they have in their life that, that they're, they're wanting some clarity on? How, what, what, how do you work with people in the world? as a spiritual guide? So anything they want to help with, I not only have clients who um, who are on their spiritual journey, but I also have clients who are, you know, finding a solution in their business. So, so there are certain, uh, there are certain clients who want to find a way out. And the best thing about the expanded consciousness is that you're able to find out solutions that are not visible to the two eyes, to the two outer eyes. Okay. So, so I'm able to see a certain uh, perspective to that problem, wherein I can help that person out and show him that way out very quickly. I mean, it takes me mostly one session and sometimes two sessions to help people out with their problems and it's done. That's it. And if the person comes to me again, that would be with a different problem, not the same one. Uh, my main motive is to help them find a solution in the least amount of time. So I do use my consciousness for that. It's uh, easy to um, find the solutions that way. And also I have a lot of spiritual seekers who have a lot of doubts on their journey. Sometimes some Mm -hmm. seekers, they go through, um, you know, like I used to have doubts. Similarly, Uh, I've come across uh, some people who have, uh, you know, Um, experience something during their meditations and they don't know if that is right or not because uh, this path the spiritual path it's it's very narrow you know a person can easily get confused with what is right and what is not so although we would think that okay fine this is what is happening to me is right, you know, it's normal. But maybe you don't know that maybe it's your mind telling you all of it. You don't know that. And mm-hmm. only if a person himself has traveled on that path, only that person who has gone through it will be able to tell you. You know what? There is a there's a quote by Rumi. You know Rumi, right? Yes, so, I do. Yeah. So there's a quote by Rumi. Rumi says, Go not thou alone on this path take thou a guide mm. oh enter not this desert relying on thy own resources so so rumi also said this one more thing very clearly he said find thou a mystic guide for beset with dangers perils and troubles is this journey whosoever without a master ventureth on the path the evil ones lead him astray and cast him into the well if over thy head the protect the protecting hand of thy spiritual teacher thou hast not got devilish doubts shall forever keep thee perplexed and puzzled many a man wiser than thyself tried to go on this path but satan led all of them astray now these are rumi's words wow he's a very wise person very interesting and I, I think that I think that we, 
I mean, a lot of people would say that the hero's journey is the journey of the self, like no one can go with you. Um, but also at the beginning of the hero's journey, you do gather your guides or they show up for you. Your teachers do show up for you. So, yeah, um, it is. See, it is a journey of self-realization, of mm-hmm, understanding right. that we, the soul, is is the part of and it is the supreme soul. It is the part of supreme soul. You know, even in the Bible, we read that man is made in the image of God. Right. Mm-hmm. So it is only about realization. But that realization becomes easier when you have somebody with you has already traveled that path. It's that simple. Okay, good. Yeah. I have one question that's really big and we're not going to be able to handle it, but <laughs> but I'm curious about when we see the world and all of the divisions in the world, and I know there's always been divisions in the world, but it seems like there are you know families being divided about certain issues. And at least in the West, we're experiencing this. And I'm wondering what you think is going on um, in terms of what we are doing with our consciousness in co-creating the world that we're in and what is ours to do to heal? Well, I see that everybody is going through their own journey. Mm -hmm. And each soul is moving towards, in some or the other way, especially for desires, you know, then the journey is easier, but each soul will eventually move towards the Supreme soul. It will eventually come to the self-realization. But um, when you say that the families are divided on certain viewpoints, we cannot really change anyone, you know, right. how much, how much can we change our children? <laughs> I mean, they listen only to themselves, right? Uh how much are we able to change the students? Uh, but we can, as we talked before, we can only make people aware of the certain things that we have understood or certain mistakes that we have made. And then it is their choice. The world, as it is going right now, uh, the divisions are there. Well, the divisions were there even hundreds and thousands of years ago. And right. And it will be there in the future also. Maybe the reasons will change. Sometimes the, the reasons could be religion. Sometimes the reason could be anything else, right? So the reasons will keep on changing. But this world is that of duality. It is always, the nature of this world is duality. It is always black and white. It is always like that. And, and it's, it's duality for a reason. It is for our souls to... Um, uh, it is for us to be trained in this world, you know, mm-hmm. it, it is required, both the mind and the soul is required here. So there'll be all kinds of divisions, there'll be all kinds of differentiations in the opinion, but it is eventually on us, on individually, each one of us, what path we choose for ourselves. We can at most affect our families, our communities. In fact, we are sitting right now in different parts of the world. We can help each other out, find solutions for our countries, for our communities, right? We can come together. Uh, I, I, I just imagine if all the spiritual community comes together, how beautiful this world will become. But we have to start with ourselves. 
Yeah, I completely agree. I think people get overwhelmed with the bigness of it. You really yeah. can only only deal with what's in front of you and your own life and be a beacon of light and love and love as much as you can to reach out across the divisions. That's something we can do. And if if another arm comes, another hand comes and we can grab it, great. If not, we just, you know, our intention is out there and we're going to be love and light in our own world. And and that's all we can do. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I know I've got it. <laughs> Go ahead. And Anything? Uh, no, I'm. I already know what you're going to say. So I'm going to thank you in advance. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you. <laughs> so uh, really, really, thanks so much, Carol. Yeah, it was um, wonderful having you. And um, I yeah. think I could talk to you for hours. I'm so glad that we had this conversation. Yes. Um, right. Yeah. I, I yeah. think we. I, I don't know if if our uh, journey comes to a point where we would meet each other I don't know and physically you know and I I'm sending you a big hug really uh, <laughs> and I'm receiving you. it and I love I'm receiving you. you I love you too and I do <laughs> want to come to India I want to come on a on a, a vegan journey with my middle daughter I have plans to do that at some point so I can contact you about how you to go about You are most welcome. And uh, you just need to inform me a little bit in advance, but I will be there for you. Oh, wonderful. Great. Um, thank you so much, so much for being with us, Kashis. And um, I'm going to put all your contact information on the podcast website. And I want you to have a fabulous uh, gathering with your family today or tonight. And, um, and I'm sure we'll be in touch. Thank you so much, Carol. Lovely. Namaste. Love you too. All right. Thank you. And I now close the spiritual forum. Thank you for listening. If you want to learn more about us, check out thespiritualforum.org. The Spiritual Forum is affiliated with Unity Worldwide Ministries. We're a nonprofit corporation and depend solely on donations from people like you. If you find that you're benefiting from your listening, we encourage you to donate on our website, thespiritualforum.org. Our music is by Matt Nelson. Sound engineering is by Mark Jaschelski.